0: the gridiron show and real football is back and not only that but the replay of super bowl 50 ended up being better than super bowl 50 the broncos win it in a tight one We'll pick apart that we'll talk about cam newton's head and and we'll talk about the off-season narratives they're going to be busted on opening weekends. oh my god i'm so excited this is the gridiron show you are dancing around in your pants that's That's me because i'm at home will gavin here ollie hunter in the studio so out
1: of the two of us you're most likely to be in your pants which you probably are actually i I feel feel sick
0: genuinely i'm not but i really thought uh i really thought about it it's only because we were slightly delayed in recording that i went and put some clothes on otherwise i'd have been sat here in a golden state warriors t-shirt and my pants I wish yeah. this was a joke. Imagery it,
1: yeah. that no one needs to to conjure up in their minds. Thanks. <laughs>
0: Thanks <laughs> well, it's, it's too late now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I really yeah. appreciate it. Uh, we have got so much to talk about today because Real Football, as I say, did return last night. Ollie Hunter came around to mine and we thoroughly enjoyed the season opener. The Carolina Panthers going to Mile High Stadium and Graham Gano's last minute missed 50-yard field goal ended up sealing the win for the Broncos 21-20. But there's a lot to talk about in terms of concussion, in terms of the play we saw on the field. And the big thing for me, Ollie, was that as we always know every season we get into all these off-season narratives and then so many of them get blown out of the water the moment we see competitive football and so we're going to go through all of this weekend's fixtures and pick apart the off-season narratives that we think are and aren't going to be backed up by this weekend's games mm, okay uh, i'm excited yeah
1: yeah i mean it was an amazing game the pre-match Stuff, the build-up stuff, uh, some terrible, terrible music in the centre of, uh, of Denver, One Republic, what's the point? But as soon as the football started, well, even the National Anthem, which was a bit of a damp squib, I didn't really like her, but uh, apart from that, as soon as it started, wow, what a game, what a game,
0: loved yeah. it and we still I mean we still got the narrative of the National Anthem well yeah that Marshall chose to take a knee Uh, the Broncos actually issuing a press statement in the middle of the second quarter basically saying that whilst we encourage our players to stand during the National Anthem we respect their right to not do so I think this one's going to continue and boil on and we've given our views on it of course already but we had so much to see on the field ollie before we get onto to that how are you buddy i've not seen you in all of about 14 hours yeah i know you're missing me um i'm pretty
1: tired <laughs> pretty tired a uh, bit of work it's been a riot today i'm actually really looking forward to sunday really looking forward to. i'm going down to the hippodrome if people want to join me a few of us are going to be there come and say hello uh that'll be great
0: i know that the guys from our dynasty league one of two dynasty leagues are all planning to go down there so uh hook up with them ollie it means there should be a good little crew of you uh i am of course as discussed on the previous podcast the one where we discussed jeff janice the white knight and everything else i'm going to berlin this weekend to watch radiohead because i got the wrong opening weekend of the season incredible i mean you are an
1: actual disgrace
0: look i don't care i saw the opener last night yes during the six o'clock kickoffs i'm going to be at lollapalooza watching radiohead i'll be home for about halfway through the nine o'clock kickoffs we're going to take some beers we're going to either find a bar that shows the games in berlin or we're going to go back to our hotel watch them on the stream and then i will catch up on the games when i get back on the tuesday yeah it's good see i don't care because i'm going to see radiohead mate, so shout. great yeah. show. what's uh what's your favorite radiohead album it's either kid a or okay computer depending on my moods
1: oh yeah yeah i can't argue with that i mean great I listen- drive great driving music is the Benz. um okay computer is listen- fantastic kid a amnesiac the, the oh
0: yeah all the big names
1: all the big names you and i are ready ahead geeks uh, yeah. do you remember when we drove through ohio in the middle of the night just
0: radioheading it out it was yeah radioheading and giggling to ourselves while everyone else slept that's fine that's how all of our road trips should be yep. um it was a, a joyous occasion people really enjoyed the last podcast by the way a lot of people loving the jeff janice white knight thing a lot of people loving the comparisons between the quarterback from any given sunday played by dennis quaid and carson palmer well done mate uh, you finally remembered that it's dennis quaid why what do you mean you couldn't remember on the day yeah but i knew he was the guy from inner space and that's the main thing because inner space is a great movie great, mo- great movie oh i also finally got around to watching last chance you this week oh how great is that it's so good i it- it's it's
1: hard to okay i started the hard knocks and i've not hard knocks so i've finished hard knocks what's um, uh, the arizona cardinals all or nothing and i kind of wish i'd watched all or nothing first and then gone to last chance you because last chance you is that good
0: I think the thing with Last Chance You as well, and this is true of many of the greatest documentaries, is that a really good documentary filmmaker will switch up and follow the subject and change the way they're following it based on what's actually happening and you know really great documentaries whilst you can't plan it might have something happen which is completely out of the blue and you've just got to completely change your tact and go with it and there's something happens a- around the middle of the fourth episode which completely kicks everything off and it's just it's br- the way they react to it is brilliant and the whole thing is fantastic and I can't wait for season 2 I'm, oh yeah I wonder: I, Are they going to do the same, uh, the same uh, college, or are they going to go yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. else? As far as I'm aware, they are still doing East Mississippi uh, Community College. Um, the, the thing with that college, as well, is that my problem is: is because it is a documentary, because it's real life. I kind of want to follow them this season. I mean, we were saying it would be the ultimate hipster jersey to own at this point. Yeah, we did. To yeah. have the East Miss uh, Lions. Oh yeah, there's, there's the roaring guy that bloke um he was a bit hard yeah but yeah, they could have lost that guy but i've got to desperately avoid their results this year because i want to watch the de- documentary without knowing what happened to them i am so, i am no not looking juco at it. football for me this year. yeah
1: not looking at it um you're gonna have to get your that type of football elsewhere i
0: didn't want to say what it was because i didn't want to be racist Right, let's talk about the Carolina Panthers, um, and the Denver Broncos. Uh, the defense showed up, came up big against Cam Newton in the second half, and the Broncos escaped with a 21 to 20 victory over the Panthers last night. Graham Gano missing a 50 yard field goal with four seconds to go. Newton was sacked three times and absolutely battered all night long, but appeared to have done enough to just get that measure of revenge after six months and two days at Super Bowl 50 when Von Miller stripped the ball and took the Lombardi trophy away. But they just couldn't quite do it. That last drive, the 21-yard pass to Kelvin Benjamin at the 32 in the closing seconds, the short pass to Ted Ginn Jr. just to put them well within Graham Gano's range. And then something happened that I am so generally against, but for a rarity, actually worked. Somebody iced a kicker, and it worked. Graham Gano went slightly right with the first kick. It went off the right hand upright. Then with the second kick, after being iced, he looked like he tried to adjust himself, went wide left. It was maybe a slightly high snap, but by the time the ball was down, it was set and it was mm. straight. And, yeah, he lost the game from there. And, yeah, uh, you know, Trevor Simeon got to come out and do what he's done best prior to the season, take a knee. And the game was <laughs> done. Um Big ramifications for the NFC already when you think about it. Because we're talking about this Panthers team as, you know, possible one seeds, two seeds. We're expecting them to be pretty dominant in the NFC. Well, they only lost one game all of last season before the Super Bowl. They're already 0-1 at this stage. Um, And for the Broncos, they've just gone and won one of their toughest matches on their schedule, certainly in the first half of the season. So, yeah, huge implications all round.
1: How did you feel about... I... (sighs) about the, the 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 hits on Cam Newton I I would say 3 4 maybe 5 I think it was hit 5 times only one was was flagged up uh, by the referees uh, hit helmet to helmet um uh, impacts it's so, it's really worrying really so- worrying
0: examining the the kind of panthers offense overall brilliant first half from them four drives 17 points they had that near 10 minute long drive which ate up almost the entire of the second quarter where they started in their own 15 drove down and got a touchdown they were unbelievably good and they did everything they didn't do in the super bowl they ran option plays they ran boot plays they uh were moving the designed runs for newton they look kelvin benjamin did make a big difference on his first start back i'll hold my hands up and say i was expecting him to be on much more of a restricted snap count and he ended up having a huge impact on this game and all in all they just look like a much much different offense to what they did in the Super Bowl it's like they didn't bother scheming for Denver in the Super Bowl they just came out and did their thing now with kind of a summer's worth of tape and looking back on the Super Bowl they came out in that first half and they hit them in the mouth and it was a great performance but all the way through that second half there were four times in total that the Denver Broncos slammed a helmet into Cam Newton's head Mm. you know it was on the very there was the the worst of all of them was the miss call on the helm to helmet when cam got injured in the third quarter that was the von miller head to head and after that the panthers offense really fell off a cliff then on the very on the fourth occasion he gets hit sprawls out on the fir- turf face down remains there for a couple of seconds that one finally got a flag Darren Stewart gets done for roughing the passer but it was negated by newton's own intentional grounding violation which is
1: ridiculous i mean a ludicrous absolutely across. ridiculous the, those are utterly different Types of penalties and have surely different weights. A a guy who's intentionally grounding as he's going down because he's going to be hit once again in the helmet, which had already been hit two or three times before. It it it, it's where the rules need to be tweaked or 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 whatever. Where you know, one just because one foul is made by each team, they don't have the same weight. They're not the same weight. It's ridiculous
0: it was alex put it on tw- on the gridiron twitter at gridiron to follow us they're lowering your head to intentionally hit a guy late is apparently the same as throwing the ball three yards short of the line you know he's outside of the tackle box he had one guy going low on him one guy going high on him and hitting him in the head it was ridiculous you know uh, the the kind of big question on it if you look at the whole thing not only whether or not the broncos should have seen more damage on the field and do you know what they smelt blood clearly in the third quarter. They started bringing pressure. I thought they'd missed Malik Jackson in the first half in a big way. Remmers had had a really good game on the right. Yeah, he which, had an ace game, yeah, yeah. yeah. They even left Miller unblocked with some of those option plays, but were confident to do it. Um, there was a terrific stop from Shane Ray on the third down where he stayed true to his responsibility when he was going for the quarterback, but disengaged from the block, made his play, textbook stuff from him, and we'll hear from Shane Ray in a moment, Um richard graves of sky sports news spoke to him on our behalf whilst he was in the uh, on the locker room so we have that interview for you shortly so all in all i thought their defense were impressive but they just constantly the dirty hits we saw it from a keep to leave in pre-season when he hit um uh the starting rams quarterback whose name is uh, case keenan mm. hit him going out of bounds and you know, I like Wade Phillips a lot as a coordinator, but he does encourage his players to go out there and play what they call physical football. And last night they took it too far. But there has to be a question about whether or not Cam Newton should have been pulled from the game beforehand because it was. A- outrageous keeping him in the situation when he's taken four hits to the head but who's going to make that decision who's going to be the medical staff who says that the superstar quarterback with us a point down is coming out of the game who's going to be the referee that says no you can't continue and they isn't, per- it,
1: isn't it a case of if he displays any sort of signs of of concussion so for instance brandon marshall got hit uh and he went down like a sack of potatoes and you thought oh actually yeah there is something there he got assessed uh, straight away whereas with Cam apart from the one time where there was a bit of a where he stayed down the the one that you mentioned he got up pretty much straight
0: away um, I, I, I'm going to get quite nerdy and quite deep on this, but what they've done this year is they've changed the way that the concussion protocol works in-game. There are now at least 29 medical officials at every game, and that group includes team physicians, athletic trainers, but now they have medical spotters in the ground as well, and spotters sit in a stadium booth, watch the field via binoculars, via video replay, and help identify injuries that might be missed by on-field medical observers whose views might be blocked. Who, you know, In 2016, the NFL in Crete has increased increased its staffing to two spotters per game they have direct communication with the sideline they provide information can call a medical timeout if they feel a player needs to be removed and as per uh, Jason Lacanfora a friend of the show he's been uh, investigating this today according to the NFL there was communication between the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant and the concussion spotters regarding Cam Newton during a stoppage in play the consultant and team doctor requested video from spotters and concluded no indication of a concussion after reviewing the and seeing no indications of a concussion there was no further testing and no removal of cam newton from the game you know the nflpa now have two weeks to ask for an investigation as to whether the concussion protocol was violated in regards to cam newton and actually we're at a point where the carolina panthers could be fined could see themselves in trouble because they didn't go in and they didn't uh, they didn't go in and they didn't make the stop. They didn't pull him out of the game. It's completely new territory between the NFLPA and the NFL. And so they're kind of working out as they go along. But you know, NFL, NFL sources are saying that the Von Miller's hit to Newton's head was a judgment call. Could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall's hit definitely should have been called. Um, now the uh, Now the... Darren Stewart hit hit, and the Marshall hit could both see further discipline from the NFL. But all in all, they've put all of these new things in place, and it feels like because it's the superstar player, because it's someone you don't want to see pulled out of the game, actually, we're not going to pay attention to it. I tell you now, if that was a wide receiver, if that was a running back, if that was a lineman who'd taken as many hits as Cam Newton did last night, something would have been done about it. Okay. Um, Yeah, and I
1: agree with you, but... Are they? Is it dangerous to set a precedent by pulling a, a star quarterback after a, a, quite a few hits when he does when he hasn't been showing any signs of of effect? Is that a dangerous precedent for other teams and other defenses to now start targeting? Um, targeting uh, opposing quarterbacks. I know they do yeah, it already. No, no, but that's okay. what I'm saying. If you suddenly take out, say, next week or, the, you know, this um, this Sunday, the Jacksonville Jaguars, after, you know, if, if Cam got pulled, the Jaguars then go, right, Aaron Rodgers, he's the most dangerous player. We're going to chuck a couple of helmets to helmets in. We'll try and get him pulled, even if it's going to be for a few series, even if he, uh, without concussion, or he get, does get concussed.
0: I think it's, that would set a dangerous precedent in, in yeah. itself. Yeah. I, I, and I think you make a very, very valid point. The fact is, is that it needs to be twofold here. You need to see the medical staff doing their job and pulling the player if they need to get pulled. But also, you need to see the referees coming down hard on these kind of hits because... For example, last night, Von Miller was responsible for two out of the three. The, uh, two out of the four. The others came from Brandon Marshall and Darian Stewart. Darian Stewart was the first one to get called. That's a 15-yard penalty in a very tight game. If all four of those get called, I think the Carolina Panthers win this game of football. Because it, it was by that sort of tight margins. Yeah. So, So, yeah. yes... The first point is, is that it needs to be called on the field. But, um, Simon Clancy of this very parish, uh, gridiron writer is and it? an occasional contributor <laughs> to the show. Like I say, occasional contributor yeah, to yeah. the show. Um. He said, he was telling me yesterday he had a long chat with Dr. John York of the NFL's health and safety committee. He was adamant headshots like that would mean removal of players. He argued against the very scenario we've seen last night, concussive shots to quarterbacks late in games. He said spotters would help take guys out, but that means removal of players on both sides because we've got this new rule where two personal foul penalties, whether it's taunting, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, um, roughing the pass or whatever it might be can result in a player being ejected from ejected from the game. Von Miller, the Super Bowl MVP, in theory last night should have been ejected from yeah, that game, I agree. and he shouldn't have been the only player for that to happen to him. And you watch the Broncos be a lot more careful about hitting players in the head if they're getting players ejected, and the NFL need to act on it quickly. And this weekend, if there's any more targeting of that fashion, there needs to be something done by the NFL because. Otherwise Absolutely agree. That games. is
1: the that's the place, that area, and um, targeting the instigators of these these hits, rather than going after guys that won't have concussion, despite a, a, a helmet-to-helmet contact being taken out of the game. You're effectively um, you're penalizing and punishing a player for. For getting hit in the helmet by someone else, that's that's all I you know. That's the way that I see it. So it does need to be the guys that are targeting the guys that are going out to intentionally, perhaps not hurt, but it 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 is, but to intentionally put another player out of the game, regardless of whether they're concussed or not. That's the kind of unsportsmanlike behaviour that needs to be eradicated
0: right let's we've we've talked about the panthers and the offense and the broncos defense i want to talk a bit about trevor simeon and the broncos offense but before we do so uh richard graves of sky sports news he was in the locker room doing interviews for sky sports news last night when he finished his duties there he grabbed his phone and he went and grabbed a chat with us with shane ray the guy who did get that one particular block and shane ray uh he was your pick for defensive rookie of the year last year at the beginning of the year and what he showed in passing downs was really impressive what was most impressed with him last night was what he showed as a, as a three-down player mm. and the fact that he got involved in the running plays as well and looks like a guy who could who could be an every-down defensive player, which is something he didn't necessarily look like early in his career, much more of an Alden Smith type and off-the-edge guy you bring him just for passing downs. Well, he chatted with, uh, with Richard after the... with Gravesy. I called him Richard. That was weird. Uh, after, the, after the match and here's what he had to say. Shane Ray, uh,
2: great win tonight. What a game. What were your emotions? Man, just happy that we pulled it off. Just victory is nothing better than that talk to us a little bit about the pass rush because you got home on a number of occasions again tonight
3: yeah, I mean, we just kept attacking Cam. They tried a lot of
2: match protection to stop us, but we was just able to make some plays, and, you know, the rest is really history. How much frustration was there at halftime with the inability to get off the field on third down in that second quarter?
3: Man, it's very frustrating. That's not our defense, so we had to come back inside and just get ourselves collected and start playing how we play, and we just had to change the game after that.
2: Can you talk to us a little bit about the adjustments you made as a team? Just make sure we got our calls right. We wasn't communicating enough, and that made a... Uh, a a huge difference when we came back out and right at the end there what was going through your mind as Gano lined up for that 50 yard field goal attempt I knew he was going to miss it I could feel it it was a great decision by the head coach to to ice him wasn't it Uh, without a doubt he's still having nightmares about the Super Bowl and and what as a team does this mean to you because outside of Denver there appears to be a few guys doubting this team this year man tell them keep on doubting us we're going to keep on winning we don't care just follow us the whole season we're going to show you first W on the board, how does that set you up for the rest of the year? Man, it's the start of a long road, so we just got to keep working, keep moving. And if you can, talk to us just a little bit about your quarterback Trevor Simeon, bit of an unknown quantity to him.
3: I mean, he's unknown to everybody else, but we know what Trevor does, man. He works hard, he's I mean, he studies. I mean, the kid said we paid Manning for a year, so you know it lets you know the kind of tutelage that he's had, and you know his poise in the pocket. I think he did a good job tonight. Of course, you know the offense is still going to try to make some things happen, but uh, Trevor's looking good. We happy that he's our quarterback. We happy that he's uh, making strides, the strides that he's making, and yep. excited
2: to see him play. Well done tonight, huh? Well done tonight. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Shane Ray there of the Denver Broncos. Interesting to hear, you know, what was said to them at halftime and and the fact that they got back on their game in the second half. I think that's very much what we saw. But let's talk about the young man under centre for the Denver Broncos because I think you and I had a very differing view on him in the first half.
1: Yeah, first half I thought that I didn't think he reacted very well under pressure. Um, He had the two picks. Uh, Of course, one was a tipped... Uh, tipped by i think it was star low uh, and uh to thomas davis and the other one was a bit of pressure from uh cory coleman and he just looped it up C- cory coleman the not cory coleman uh, kirk coleman. <laughs> coleman thank you and and looped it up and it, it was a it was a, a, a short throw those things can happen i you know some of the sh- some of the throws he was making i thought were, were, were basic any quarterback could have done it However, there was the uh, sort of sidearm, underarm, baseball kind of throw, not even a pitch, but a a toss uh, to the side. I thought he struggled um, in the film that I saw beforehand with uh, rolling out to to the left, and uh, I thought some of his passes to the left were rather flat-footed. To be honest, I didn't see anything that changed my mind in the first half. Second half, I thought there was an awful lot more poise there, and yeah i kind of changed my mind slightly on him
0: see the f- the first thing uh, away from the man himself is that what we saw last night was a pure Gary Kubiak offense. And it was great when Peyton Manning came in and was in the booth in the third quarter and basically admitted that last year they were having to play a hybrid of the Peyton Manning offense and the Gary Kubiak offense. This was loads of boot action. Simeon showed great quick release. They timed it at 0.33 seconds on a couple of occasions. And, you know, you're talking about almost Tom Brady space there. Took a silly sack in the fourth quarter. Uh, Could have had a touchdown of Virgil Green through a a low ball on a near guaranteed touchdown. You know what?
1: It wasn't that low. It's just uh, Coney Ely had an incredible leap and uh, fisted it up in the air. Uh, That wasn't that bad a a pass because Virgil Green was wide open. It was just a really great play by Coney Ely. So I'd like to actually defend him on that one.
0: Well, I think what's interesting here is that you and I saw... The one thing we saw very differently in that first half was I thought the one thing he did show was great poise in the pocket. I thought, actually, there were a number of occasions where the pressure from the Panthers was... Right there, and what we saw from Cam Newton differently last night to versus the Super Bowl, was Cam Newton doing these huge seven, eight, nine-step drops because he was so desperate to get away from pressure. Last night, he was dropping three steps maximum, getting the ball out quickly, not allowing the pressure to phase him. And actually, I thought you saw the same from Trevor Simeon. I think the first pick, it was on that blown bubble screen incredible closing speed Mm. from the front three uh you know yes a more experienced quarterback probably would have taken the sack probably would have tried tried to have thrown it out of bounds but i thought that he he couldn't take full blame for that the screen was the right play on the third and long um you mentioned the kirk coleman brilliant on that second pick absolutely no hesitation he saw the way that the alignment was he knew he was going to get a gap he's uh, just amazing closing speed again for simeon to throw off the back foot and that's what he doesn't have he doesn't have the power to throw off the back foot like cam newton does he has to step into his passes but i thought throughout he was allowed to make throws he occasionally went a bit short on the third down marker but with the good poise in the pocket even though lynch is clearly the more physically talented player you can now imagine him sitting the whole year of Simeon plays like that, the whole year and long term, at least he looks like he could be a career quality backup for a guy who got picked up in the seventh round and was never expected to have any real impact. All in all, I was really impressed with uh, Trevor Simeon last night. A couple of silly plays, but he's a rookie who had only ever taken a knee in the league before. And listen, and Hans- he's got a win.
1: He's got a win as a starter, first game in the NFL. Starting, he, he threw a uh, uh, he threw a touchdown pass as well. Uh, we saw him scramble a couple of times, and he didn't look out of place. Talking of scrambling, um, what a day CJ Anderson had.
0: Yeah. And this is the other thing. Guess what? The running game works when you have a quarterback who is willing to play under center, who's willing to get his thumb in the ass of his center, uh, like we saw on hard knocks. And it meant CJ Anderson had those much shorter runs, his fourth quarter touchdown run. You know, they played a three wide receiver set. It opened up a running lane. You know, having a QB who's comfortable under center, the decision to go for it on fourth down, I was really impressed with as well. Everything about the way the offense ran yesterday was so much smoother. And whilst I think we will see a drop off in the Broncos' defense this year, only because it was a historic defense last year, Mm. I, I that's the only thing that makes me think the offense is going to have to make a step up, but I think they're going to. I think this is going to be a really good year for the Broncos' offense, just based on what we saw last night. And, of course, the first down touchdown of the season came from Oli Hunter's favorite position on the offense.
1: Yeah, fullback Andy Janovich. Love that. Love that. Third, was it 28 yards? Um, not a direct snap to him, but um, directly passed to him. He was almost... The, the He was meant to be the blocker for CJ Anderson. Spotted the gap. Boom. Up the right-hand side. Little Duke right. And... Uh, blew blew the the the, um, the Carolina Panthers secondary away it was a it was a great run but I think uh, I think you retweeted a tweet from ESPN saying that uh, Janovich has owned in point 0.0% of all <laughs> leagues that pretty much means not one person has picked him that's incredible
0: um there was that great fullback stat as well last night, that that's now the first rushing touchdown of the season has come from a fullback in the yeah. last three years. And I tried to, without looking it up earlier, figure out who the other two were i got one of them but i didn't get the other one i got john coon because i remembered his touchdown when you were hammered by the seahawks on opening night two years ago yeah yeah because yeah. i think did he open the scoring as well like, i think he did yeah i think we went up and excited. we were like yeah come on
1: you know uh, event loss avenged avenged back to business as usual stuff in the seahawks and then yeah they they, they rinsed us
0: and then uh, the, the other one was will johnson for the steelers in there game with exactly in that game with the patriots last year where overall i thought the uh, the score line i think was only within a score but the pats raced out early and and the steelers came back late and this has been the best opener for a few years and so much better than super bowl 50 really really top stuff do you know Um, where will johnson is now no is he uh uh, not on a roster he's on a roster will johnson is the fullback for the new york giants
1: there we go wonderful stuff he's had three touchdowns in his NFL career uh, he's in, on injured reserve though but hopefully you get back Will <laughs> fingers
0: crossed full Come on the people too we believe in you um, should we talk about the rest of the weekend's games let's do it man if you f- feel free at any point Ollie cause, uh, to drop in any audio any drop stuff like that. I know when I'm at home and you're there it's oh, a bit yeah. more difficult but you go nuts you just do you and uh, I'll just be quiet at all times no cat stop it get what the cat the cat is climbing on the audio desk through which my mic is going through uh, i think it's just warm and she has decided that's where she's gonna sleep <laughs> that is, is that your cat? cat that is not my cat hello buddy right um so what we did see last <laughs> night was a, <laughs> was a number of the off-season storylines <laughs> I've 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 made a rod for my own back here haven't I. Um we saw a number of <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. We saw a number of off-season storylines fleshed out, a number of other season li- off-season storylines off-season uh, busted already in week 1. And so I thought let's take let's go through this weekend's games. We'll take the, I'll take the home team, you take the road team and let's just talk about what we're looking for from these games. One thing for each team sure, for whether like or not this. the off-season storyline is nonsense or truth is that can we call this feature nonsense or truth? Yeah, we have a new yeah. feature coming next week, which is called Fantasy Darlings. Ooh, Fantasy um, Darlings! We were hoping to do it today, but our resident fantasy expert Neil Dutton of the Waxing Lyrical and football writer for many great websites is at a wedding, so we'll introduce that next week. But uh, yeah, let's let's run through the six pm kickoffs. Anywhere that you would like to particularly start well, on sh- Sunday night, Ollie?
1: Let's get it out of the way and let's start with. The game that will be on Sky at uh, 6 p.m. Jacksonville Jaguars hosting the Green Bay
0: Packers. Some people are calling this a sneaky good game this weekend. I don't think there's anything sneaky about it. I'm really excited for
1: oh, this. One. This is go- um, um, it's, for once Sky have done something. Uh, by the way, Sky not doing anything in the studio. Uh, I know there are a few <laughs> issues going on regarding hosts and things, but not having anyone in the studio Uh, to do uh, the analysis for the Denver-Carolina game. That's a ridiculous decision.
0: I mean, that's their standard thing on a Thursday and Monday night. And I actually don't mind it if we get some of the build-up from NFL Network or something like that. But last night was literally drop it into the game. Uh, I'd say I did prefer the um, showing clips from America's games in the breaks instead of random footage of fans' international series and stuff like that. I thought that... (laughs) That was an improvement. Excuse me, a little hiccup. But um, I just
1: think for the first game, if that's going to be their their policy for Thursdays, then fair enough. But for the first game, of the NFL season there's the, 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 you know, a big, there was the hashtag #kickoff and and you know the big hoo-ha about it. The NFL's back season. One 51. Republic were there. You know all the importance. All the big, all the big dogs. I, yeah, I thought it
0: was. I thought it was a bit of a joke. Anyway, sorry. Yes. So Packers, Jags off-season storylines we want to see fleshed out i believe in the jags offense you know we do the big uh i think the line has improved in a big way so the storyline we need to know for the jags three rookies on the jags defense do they need to look good in week one to keep the jags hype train rolling your know, jalen ramsey basically called out aaron Rodgers this week asked if he was scared about facing him said Hut, no um i, I love think, that i think Dante Fowler, uh, Malik Jackson, Jared Odrick, and Derek Marks as the front up against the Packers retooled line. That's something I really want to see. So for me, it's all about what will the Jags do on defense against the Packers.
1: Well, and the, the off-season storyline is what will the Packers do on offense? They've got a fitter, thinner Fat Eddie back. Um, <laughs> I would call him Fatless Eddie. Uh, they've got Jordy Nelson back from a from a horrendous knee injury they've got a new um a new starter uh in oh, what's his name guard instead of john Sitton? uh bollocks
0: you're right there mate
1: i've forgotten the guy's name <laughs> it's not tj lang <laughs> oh i thought it was is it tj lang i should always back myself tj lang he's back <laughs> um he, he's replacing john Sitton. so all of those factors will that <laughs> Sorry, I enjoyed that too much. Thanks mate. Uh will that um uh, you know rejuvenate a Packers offense which was certainly misfiring last season. Um who have you got to pick this on Gridiron hyphen magazine pick
0: yeah, absolutely. Go to dot uh, com. You'll see the Predictor game in the top. Go up against us. Don't forget, I won the Predictor game last year. I came top of everyone that took part. You need to stop me being smug, slap me in the face, and prove that you know more about football than me, and come on and pick and make me look stupid. I've got the Jags. I, whoa. Whoa. I've got the Packers. Well, there you go. Already, descent in the ranks. We've got 13 games to cover. Let's bowl on through.
1: That's a Jaguar.
0: Sounded like you were just belching into the microphone, Will Gavin style.
1: No. That
0: was stunning. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals at the New York Jets is the other game which catches my eye. What do you want to see from Cincy? Well, You know I'm all aboard this hype train.
1: Cincy's defence, I want to see them back it up. I mean, they... They they had a really good season last year. They've had a, a few people sort of uh, they've had a few people leave, but they've still got a really really strong front seven. I'd like to see that Cincy defense be able to uh, bottle up the likes of Eric De- um, uh, Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, and put a lot of pressure on uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick so I want to see the Cincy defense really make a bold statement against or, or you know in opposite to the New York Jets defense
0: uh i in terms of the jets defense uh daryl revis is a big question mark for me looking old last year uh he's going up against aj green in week one there's some concern it was health last season is he back is he fully healthy i trust chan gailey offensive side so it's all about the defense to me how that front four slash front seven is going to look with their constant complete lack of edge players but tons of interior player but the one thing i want to see is daryl revis old last year or getting old or just a little injured and back to his best this year do you know what and that that brings
1: in that brings in a a few other things because if Rivas is going to be covering AJ Green and uh, perhaps someone else as well where else will Andy Dalton go with that Bengals offense they lost Mohamed Sanu they lost Marvin Jones so uh Tyler Boyd's come in Eifert's out at the moment so uh, what's going to happen are we going to see A lot more from Gio Bernard. Uh, Yeah, you want to
0: talk fantasy darlings. If you're playing in PPR, Gio Bernard as a flex play this year, um, this week, should be great because you're going to see a lot of pressure, a lot of dump-offs because of it. I think Gio Bernard could have a really big role in this game. Ollie, we've got a role. Who have you got? I've got the Jets. I've got the Bengals! Already, look at this! We've picked against each other in both games. And guys, I'm just letting you know, I'm just shuffling some bags across. I'm just clearing a bit of bench space. There's still just a little bit of room aboard the Bengals bandwagon. Feel free to join me. <laughs> Let's do Vikings-Titans <laughs> next. Uh, what do you want to see from the Titans? This is going to be the most ludicrously run-heavy game in the history of the NFL, isn't it? And do you know what? From the Titans, I, I feel ridiculous saying this. I have fully bought into exotic smash mouth. I loved watching Derek Henry run in preseason. I Sorry, thought he was exotic smash mouth. Exotic smash mouth. That's what Mike, McCa- Mike Malarkey said his offense were going to look like this year. He's gone super old school. He's retooled the line. DeMarco Murray has a chance to return to maybe not 2014 yardage, but certainly that level of form. Derek Henry, I thought they reached for him where they took him. He's looked brilliant in preseason. Marcus Mariota, I like a lot. A lot of short mm-hmm. passing options. I think. The Titans offense are going to look good, but going up against one of their toughest defensive rivals of the entire schedule, how big will, exo- what will Exotic Smash Mouth bring us on Sunday night? That's my big question. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they've got two massive
1: uh, big guys in uh, Delaney Walker and Rashad Matthews to, to throw to, but the Vikings have a, an excellent, excellent defense. But that's not what I want to talk about when it comes to the Vikings what is going on under center there sam bradford's come in he's only
0: had i think is it 10 days to learn the the playbook not even that and, and zim was actually said today that he has made his decision but won't show his hand until sunday
1: does that mean it's going to be sean hill if it's sean hill i think the vikings lose if it's sam bradford I think the Vikings lose. I've got the Vikings.
0: (laughs) I've got the uh, Titans, sorry. I I think what's fascinating with the Titans here is that they've turned around and basically gone, um, it doesn't matter who we're preparing for. I don't see them as very different quarterbacks. Basically saying that guy you've gone and spent a first round pick on i don't consider him as much better than career backup sean hill uh, so i've actually got the vikings so wow we uh, we are we've going against, against each- each- everyone this is incredible I, c- this. I can tell you there's one where we
1: won't be going against each other that chicago bears at the houston texans it's got to be all about that uh, texans defense right or are you on the H- osweiler hype train
0: no right so the offense is what people are going to be looking for uh, you know all that extra speed they added Lamar Miller Braxton Miller Will Fuller what will Brock Osweiler be but it's boring talking about quarterbacks with every single one of these JJ Watt is going to be fit and going to be playing how will Clowney look alongside him after looking so explosive in the last four or five games of last year I'm really excited to see what that Texans defense is going to look like up against the Bears offense who have kept the same scheme with Dow Loganes uh, against Adam Gase Oh uh, yeah, I, I want to see what the Texans look like on defense, and JJ Watt is superhuman.
1: I also think that Will Fuller could be a, a, an outside bet for the flex. I think the Bears' defense is not great, and but I am not going to really. I'm, uh, what I am going to do is, you sent a few notes over. I don't really have anything to say about the Bears. I am not looking for anything from them, so uh, I'll just read verbatim uh, what you wrote. Bears had a terrible preseason, and some Ollie want to see them as possible number one fit picks. Vic Fangio is a D-genius, now has the play he actually wants. Darrell Loggins is a gay guy who Cutler appears to trust.
0: Well done for reading exactly the base and what I said. However, we are picking the same team this time. Surely it's got to be the Houston yeah, so Texans. Do you know what? The Bears on the
1: Pickums? if you were going to go down who? how many wins and defeats and uh, they'll get, I've got them at uh, 0 and 16 already. So, <laughs> uh, yes, the Houston Texans will win that game.
0: Glorious. uh Let's talk Bills at Ravens. Okay, Ravens. Uh, no, let's start off. You go with the Bills first because I, I this, this game has some intrigue for me.
1: Well, I like what you what you put here. I'm not going to steal it as mine. Tyrod uh, Taylor revenge game. Is that a thing? Actually, I think it is a thing. I think Tyrod Taylor might have a few qualms about being let go uh by the Ravens. Okay, he was behind a Super Bowl winner in uh, in Joe Flacco, but Tyrod Taylor. Proved last year that he was an exceptional quarterback, but, you know, from his feet throwing the ball. But can that Rob Rob Ryan defense? I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say that Rob Ryan is back in the NFL with a job. But can that Rob Ryan de- defense do anything at all? Uh, they let go of Mario Williams, which I thought was a big mistake. Um, it, will they be able to bottle? Uh, Joe Flacco will they be able to, to keep him or flush him out of that pocket where we know that he isn't as good that's where that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for uh, from the Bills on Sunday
0: I'm excited to see what blitz mad Rob Ryan exactly do with yeah. that defensive front um, for the Ravens it's kind of it's a weird one there's two teams that we're going to talk about today the Ravens and the, uh, and, uh, the San Diego Chargers both go into this season really not very fancied because they came off bad years last year. But both of them came, I think it's the Chargers, it was eight or nine games. For the Ravens, it was six or seven of their losses came within a touchdown. They had so many injury issues, and we're going to be seeing the likes of Steve Smith back, Brashard Perryman returning from injury, Joe Flacco fully fit. They still got one of the top two or three coaches in the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. Are we underrating them? Is there still a lack of talents on defense because they've got CJ Mowdsley? So really, it's a case of: Are the Ravens going to surprise some people on Sunday night because people are pretty down on them still? Um,
1: this is—I think this could be the the hardest game to pick this week. It, I, it's almost a coin flip for me who's going to win because Ravens at home, John Harbour, Terrence West, I. I but then you've got the Bills with Tyrod Taylor and Sammy Watkins and, and uh, Shady McCoy. I think there's more talent on the Bills' side of the ball than the Ravens. So for that reason, I'm picking the Bills.
0: I am literally having to check who I picked on um, our game right now because... <laughs> <I> <laughs> well, do you know what? I did a load as of... we speak because I genuinely can't remember... I think I've taken the Ravens. <laughs> wow. <laughs> who, who would have thought we would go against each other again? <laughs> but I, I genuinely don't remember. Oh, last night, just so everyone knows, I did take the Panthers, so I'm already 0 and one. But I think I only twenty two percent of people that have already played the predictor game yeah. took the uh, took the Broncos, so they weren't particularly fancied. I did the indeed take the Ravens in this one. I'm sticking with it. Um Incred- I mentioned the incredible. Them there. I mentioned that they're, they're, uh, they're the road teams there for you to talk about but Chargers at the Chiefs I'll go first <laughs> <laughs> oh you're oh no. doing Chiefs yeah the music, no the music's here the, the music's here or have we got the Chiefs music as well
1: well you know uh, you're pulling back the curtain and <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go Chiefs oh I've missed this
1: That was wonderful. (laughs) I can't tell you how wonderful that is. It's really cathartic doing that. If you're at home, just rewind
0: and and, and join in. Or if you're on the tube, just rewind, join in. It's wonderful. Do the tomahawk chop on the bus. I promise you, no one will think you're mental.
1: Yeah, yeah, don't do that.
0: I think particularly if there is somebody in the seat in front of you.
1: I was thinking, you know, because of what's gone on uh, in Germany and yeah okay fine I I will stop I will shut up
0: yeah please do Um, if you're not aware of why we're saying this it's because something's been cut out of this podcast which will never be talked about again Um, (laughs) and it wasn't you that said it (laughs) which is unbelievable stunning genuinely stunning Um, so Chargers at Chiefs a lot of people have got Chiefs uh, for the win in the AFC West I mean it's a tough division to call in general and this is obviously a, a divisional game right at the beginning of the year but We've got to see what that Chiefs defense is going to look like in the first six weeks. No Justin Houston, he's on the pup. Tamba Haley coming in with an injury. He's listed as playing on Sunday. We don't know how true that is. Can Marcus Peters step up as a number one against Keenan Allen, who is a player I love? You know, Marcus Peters, really impressive rookie season, um, led the league in interceptions for large swathes of time. But yeah, I. I Just don't know whether that defense is going to be at the level we thought it was last year. One of the best coach teams in the league, but will that defence live up to expectations if they're gonna win in the AFC West?
1: The Chargers are lacking in so much talent and uh Joey Bosa, my pick for defensive player of the year, is not even playing. Um the the how that has managed not to have been fixed and he's not ready to suit up is an absolute disgrace from the Chargers organization. No wonder the city doesn't really buy in on them any longer and wants to wants and, and the charges want to leave it's an absolute disgrace that that's happened what what i'm looking for from the charges is are we going to finally see melvin gordon be the player that first round pick that we thought was actually quite a good pick up uh, last season of course i predicted it or two seasons ago i predicted it but um is that? Are we going to see viable support on the ground for Philip Rivers, who, of course, has still got that talent through the air? Antonio Gates he's, i think—he's six uh, touchdowns away from um, from leading uh, uh, tight ends of, of, of you know the, the tight end t- um, touchdown nfl touchdown leader uh, i got there in the end <laughs> that's so, the
0: official that's the full title that's, that's the full title
1: when when he gets uh inducted into the hall of fame they'll replay me trying to explain what it was <laughs> uh so uh, but yeah i, I think uh, what we're looking for is the the supporting cast that phil rivers have to finally to p- play up to his level melvin gordon i'm looking at you
0: right <laughs> i've got the chiefs in this one
1: chiefs as well yeah
0: good stuff right there's three more six o'clock kickoffs we should roll through these nice and quickly ollie but let's start off with uh actually this one's quite interesting another divisional matchup two teams who are kind of outside shouts for the wildcard chances neither of them fashionable for it but the tampe buccaneers going to the falcons the bucks are now good friends of the podcast after the last couple of weeks ollie what do you want to see from them i want to see more
1: Jameis winston I want to see him uh, on designed runs. I want to see him put the ball up for Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. I want to see him be almost the next Cam Newton. I think he's got the talent. I really, really like James Winston this year, and I want to see more and more from him.
0: Um, yeah, I, and I can't disagree with that. I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen with the Mike, the defence. Uh, Robert Ayres, Noah Spence both coming in and helping that pass rush brent grimes and vernon hargreaves in a in a much uh retooled uh, back i, I the, the generally the bucks are one of those teams who have done a lot in the offseason and addressed all of their holes can they make the step up for the falcons it's all about that d um, I believe that Matt Ryan will have a bounce back here this year. I believe that uh, he's got the weapons he needs there. He's got a decent running game. The line looks a bit better. But they're playing two rookie linebackers. They still have a lack of pass rush. Vic Beasley needs to step up in a really, really big way. Can the Falcons D stop the Bucs at home in the terrible dome? Um, that is the off-season storyline I want to know. But you know what? Maybe it's a homer pick because they've been so good to us recently with our guests. But I had to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, I've
1: got the Falcons.
0: (laughs) 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 Who would have thought?
1: Unbelievable scenes. This is incredible. This is actually incredible.
0: Right. Browns at Eagles.
1: Oh, man, you're making me talk about the Browns.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, Why do you think I picked home teams? Unbelievable. that these are two franchises who are clearly on a rebuild. Did a lot of horse trading in the draft, building for the future. But I think the most under talked about story in the off season. I know the whole point of this is to try and bust some off season narratives. But I think what Jim Schwartz can bring to what is a talented, if thin, Eagles defense. I don't mean they're not fat. Trust me, if you met plenty of that defensive line in person, they're plenty big enough. But I mean in terms of depth jim swartz for all the terrible head coaching he did when he was at the lions is a brilliant defensive coordinator and i think this eagles defense could really surprise some people this year and so that's what i'm looking for what is that eagles defense going to look like and if there's a good game to start off with it's probably against the browns
1: yeah i agree and people a lot of people are saying this is a bit of a dud game but i think because the two teams aren't very good this could be actually a very good game to watch um what, what what everything i'm expecting to see everything from the browns or nothing at all i want to see them uh, use their run their their running backs more efficiently than they did last year although that will be difficult given the amount of players that they've given away off on the offensive line um i'd like to see rg3 be somewhere near the kind of rg3 that he was i don't like seeing players apart from johnny Manziel's um i don't like to see their careers crash and burn um and i i, I it'd be really I, I interesting did... to see what happens with Terrell pryor uh is he an actually is he actually going to do anything at wide receiver is that you know is, is it smoke in the water
0: or what uh, it would be really interesting to see what happens there and the the browns have a very talent poor defense yeah carson wentz is going to be making his first nFL start probably a lot earlier than we expected him to is there a better team he could be facing i've gone with the Eagles here um, i'm not sure i'm going to pick with the browns at all this season
1: what have i got i've gone Eagles yeah
0: yeah no so surprise the, yeah okay right still loads of games to get to so let's roll on through the last of the six clock kickoffs raiders at saints saints wise drewbury's contract they've made him happy they've extended him helped him on the cap got the opt-out they've you know, done, they've managed to bring in some talent on the defensive side of the ball dennis allen can he make them half decent um their o-line however was dreadful in pre-season so I just think there's a huge number of question marks over this Saints team. Uh, the, what I want to see is, can Drew Brees' quick release negate the terrible O-line considering they're going up against <laughs> the likes of Khalil Mack? Yeah. Uh,
1: you mentioned Khalil Mack and you've got some of um, the rest of the guys on on the Oakland Raiders defence. They've strengthened that, bringing in Bruce Irving, Richard Nelson um, in the backfield as well. But actually, I think... There are two more uh, prudent narratives, and that's those of Derek Carr and Amari Cooper. I want to see, see more from both of those players. I want to I want to see Derek Carr prove to the Raiders fans and to mi- especially me that he's a franchise quarterback. <laughs> that's
0: wa- who he's doing it to prove wrong as well. Ex- aren't he?
1: Exactly, uh, and I want to see Amari Cooper uh, elevate himself from the I don't know uh, twenty to thirty range of of. NFL
0: receivers, I want to see him try and break that top ten or top and then, fifteen. You know what? It's under discussed, but Derek Carr had a terrible end to last season. He did. You're His right. Play he dropped did. off in a big way in the last five or six games. Is that just a symptom of a long season? Can he bounce back? Now, I, uh, I've taken the Raiders. Yep, Raiders. The defensive talent's too good in this one. I'm going to skip the nine o'clock kickoffs. We will come back, and don't worry. Why? But none of them are as worth talking about as Sunday night football. Oh. Patriots at Cardinals. I'll start off with the Cardinals. The question mark of whether of the offseason, has Carson Palmer missed his window? Terrible playoff performance against the Panthers after finally getting his playoff win over the Packers. They're, they're, people are saying Larry Fitzgerald is old. People are saying David Johnson might be a one-season wonder. I don't buy any of it. I love the Cardinals. I think they're too talent-rich. I think they're too well-coached. I think they will challenge the Seahawks in the NFC West this year, and I think they will be a playoff team. And the amazing thing, about, I'll get through this very quickly, the amazing thing about the Cardinals
1: is, um, and I'm, I just started watching all or nothing, that Andre Ellington got injured in the first game of the season, and he was their primary back going into that season. And it was just uh, Chris Johnson, who, who was coming off a, a pretty poor year in New York, that... They've now maybe got three starting running backs at other other uh, other teams, so they're so talent heavy. The you've got all of those receivers. I'm loving the Cardinals, but Patriots' point of view is that offense there still designed to help Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it'll be his first start ever in the NFL. Okay, J- um, Trevor Simeon did all right <laughs> uh, under center last night uh, or on Thursday night. Is it going to be good enough? Will the Patriots' uh, offense be good enough to um, to to allow Jimmy Garoppolo to be any sort of um, force within this game against a very 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 strong Cardinals defense?
0: It's interesting that the no. Cardinals, from an edge-rush perspective, are going to have Chandler Jones, who obviously was um, uh, they traded for to get from the Patriots and never really looked like he fit the Patriots' defensive scheme. Uh, the, the Patriots do have problems on the offensive line, and they are an offense generally who are built to probably help the quarterback in these sorts of situations. You know, the way that they line up receivers, they tend to line up um, what they call a 12 formation where the tight end will play or the running back will play outside of the main receiver. Um, And what that does is gives you mismatches. So Julian Edelman will be mismatched on a linebacker. Gronkowski will be mismatched on a linebacker, that sort of thing. Mm. And if Garoppolo can read defences as well as he should be able to, having learned under uh, Tom Brady for three years, then that's where they'll get the offense from, is from those mismatches. Um, Well, I think we'll also see Martellus Bennett as well.
1: Martellus Berdick coming in he's a big big fella so two tight end sets maybe one of them playing out wide as a wide receiver as well you will get those big mismatches so that is a very interesting
0: area to look at you're right Will well done I think there are are, thank you mate I think there are very few more difficult starts to a rookie uh, season than this and so I've taken the Cardinals but I do think the Patriots will be fine with Jimmy G and they'll win at least two of those remaining three home games before uh, Brady gets back I have also taken Cardinals, lovely. Let's do the nine o'clock kickoffs. Uh, (sighs) Dolphins at Seahawks. Uh, you know, for Seattle, can they get out of the blocks quicker? Terrible start to last year. The offense, can they look better than they did down the regular season stretch? I was trying desperately to find a narrative for this Dolphins team which allowed me to, in any way, consider picking away from the Seahawks. And the only thing I can think of is this is in the seahawks one of the worst o-lines in football they're not returning one starter from the position they were in last year they've just lost Jermaine afraidy their uh top uh pick in the draft this year for a month to a high ankle sprain and the dolphins d-line indomitian sue cameron wake you know they are the one chance they have a victory here the big question mark for me though and i think it's probably the same for both teams what will the rushing attacks look like on both sides? That's what the off-season has been all about. Thomas Rawls versus Kristen Michael. Kristen Michael, a former second-round pick, expected to come in the league and do big things, has never lived up to it. Is Thomas Rawls fully fit? And then I assume you know, it's not dissimilar for you on the other side of the ball.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, Arian Foster, he could end up being the bargain of the century at, I think, one and a one-and-a-half million dollars for a one season contract basically he's playing for his nfl career and praying that he's not going to get injured in in any way whatsoever so he will start however how long he keeps that starting job with jay ajayi um Isaiah p Kenyon drake damian williams behind him and if he stays fit he will retain that because we know that he's a number one back uh, you know he used to be a, a fantasy number one draft pick for many many people i actually think this game could be a little bit closer because of that defensive line of the miami of of the dolphins and damakon sue cameron wake mario williams you know they they are stacked there and as you said with the terrible o-line that the seahawks have if they can get some early pressure uh, and create some early panic within Russell Wilson who doesn't panic much uh, let's say that it could be really interesting um, I, I don't, don't think it. it's I don't think it's clean cut as everyone suggests but I have the Seahawks
0: <laughs> <laughs> right two more nine o'clock games uh, let's go Giants Cowboys next guess what the NFC Easter on television the first week of the end of the season Ugh. and will continue to be on television for the entire time uh, the Cowboys the off-season storyline here is easy. What is preseason hero Dak Prescott gonna look like? Yeah, you know, he's a member of the preseason Hall of Fame. What's he gonna look like in real football? Mm. You know, this game could be one of the most ludicrously high scoring games we've seen in a first week. The Cowboys have a terrible defence. Listen to this front seven. Yep. Jack Crawford, Tyrone Crawford, Terrell McLean, Benton Mayowa, Andrew Gaccar, Anthony Hitchens, and Sean Made of Glass Lee. Uh, they should be able the Giants should be able to put up big points on these guys what is Dak Prescott going to do when he's put down in a game and has to throw
1: no it's a really good point um, I think he'll be fine <laughs> quite frankly <laughs> I've uh, I've taken the Cowboys in this uh, Giants have brought in m- backups for massive money at every defensive position Damon Harrison uh, on the, from the Jets Olivia Vernon from uh, was backing up uh, Cam Wake and Sue uh, Janoris Jenkins on that Rams D-line I don't think any of them... They could be number ones, but,
0: yeah, it's going to be tricky. I think General Jenkins had that Rams D line. That's the point. He's a corner who... All these players come from defences that were more talented than their individual talent. Will their individual talent shine in another defence? I think you could see 80, 90 points in this game. And I'm excited.
1: I think you could see 1,000 yards in this game.
0: Whoa... That's amazing.
1: I think that's... A lot of people are going for above 100 points or 90 points. I, I'm going yards.
0: A thousand Hashtag yards. Bold prediction. Lovely. Um, Lions at Colts is the other of the oh, late games. Oh,
1: Lions. What a ball like, Um They are my number one pick. I like Marvin Jones, but he's the only... Per- I quite like Theo Riddick, Chronicles of. But they're the only thing that I like about the Lions. Um, I hope they crash and burn i think we're gonna to have to finally see whether matt stafford uh, can shake his paw i think he's been on a on a downward spiral for the last two seasons so can jim bob cooter uh, recapture some of that second the, you know, some of that form from the second half of last season and uh, repeat that uh, going into this season i'm unsure about it
0: uh, it's pretty simple the storyline for the colts can andrew Luck carry a team just like he did in his rookie year Uh, I was listening to, and I recommend everyone does the, uh, the MMQB podcast. They brought back the Peter King version and all the Peter King one's going to be is him interviewing big names from the NFL every week. So he's done a few of them in the off season. They've released three podcasts this week. So one of them has John Elway and there's like a 40 minute conversation with John Elway then 20 minutes with Philip Rivers. Uh, there's another one with Michael Bennett from the Seahawks, but the one I've just listened to is Bruce Arians for 40 minutes. um, Followed by um, uh, Andy Dalton for twenty minutes. The Bruce Arians conversation. They talked about that first season for Andrew Luck and just what a special player he is. Now he carried that team, but the defense is a mess. They're going to have Novante Davis. Oh uh, no, I know. I'm gutted you, about that. The O line is still a project. Project. A uh, project. There's a lack of balance on both these teams, and much like the Giants Cowboys, we could see a ludicrous number of points in this one. But I've gone with the Colts. Colts as well. Uh, Monday Night Football. I can't believe we're going to finish on the last Monday Night Football game. Let's that not. I- <laughs> um, Ollie, I need a sound drop ready because the idea that we would finish on this game could be described as simply being hysterical. hysterical. It's not what I was looking for. Oh, right. <laughs> that's fine. It's bull- football. That one? i was looking for seven and nine bull hickey but that's fine that'll do i think um, it was bs
1: oh yeah I, I i can't remember where that seven and nine is now
0: <laughs> that's fine um the the storyline for the 49ers at home to the rams the home of super bowl 50 sees two teams without any chance of going to super bowl 51 going head to head chip kelly is the storyline for the 49ers simple as Gabbert's the better of his two quarterbacks the o-line is retooled carlos hyde is finally fit but I suspect it's very much a rebuilding year. And if we get more than three wins this season, I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's all the 49ers I want to talk about. Yeah, I understand. What do you want to see from the Rams in I this? want
1: to see from the Rams. I, I'd like to see Jared Goff. We won't see Jared Goff. Uh, he has been pretty, pretty poor. I think he's dropped to the third string quarterback behind Sean Mannion and, of course, Case Keenum. Um, Rams have got that defense. I want to see a lot of more pressure on uh the 49ers o-line uh on blank gabbett can they restrict gabbett to the pocket because he he's he, he, he we saw that he had wheels last year um and with that o-line that um, the rams do have it, that that i think that's obviously where it's going to be won and lost i've got the Ra- i've taken the rams but i want to see the rams defense really stamp their authority and therefore allow um Case Keenum, uh, Todd Gurley, who I, I think could be in line. He, I think he might be the overall rushing uh, leader this year, which which could be which would be incredible for the for the city. But I'm looking at that that defense. I want to see that defense. Assert themselves as uh, Maybe the number two Or not even the number one Defence in The division And then into wow. the conference
0: That's They're, quite a claim they That's are- big But if you're going to Assert yourself in that way Against any team It's probably the 49ers Look I, I said it Todd Gurley I think will have a huge game here And will dominate I think I've got the Rams With relative ease um, Case Keenum's an interesting one Because yeah. um, He has looked good in preseason. It's fascinating that he very nearly Ended up at the Broncos They were in advanced trade talks Before <laughs> So the team, <laughs> the the <ever> season <laughs> began to really impress everyone. Uh, he nearly ended up with the Broncos. What can he do with the Rams? But they'll win this one, no problem. Just hand it off. That's absolutely fine. No idea what that is. That was a horse. All. The Broncos. Um, right okay you mentioned the broncos (laughs) is this now it we've just gone with animal noise (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about have you got the rams as well (laughs) i've got the rams (laughs) here uh so the early monday night kickoff i'm glad we didn't finish on that seven and nine bulsh um the Steelers at washington so i obviously have washington as the home team The off-season storyline I'm most intrigued to see from this game and the beginning of the year is friend of the show, Josh Norman. Now, he doesn't tend to move with the number one receiver, at least he didn't in the system they had in Carolina. Was he a player who was hidden by the system in Carolina? He's a good cornerback. I don't think anyone's pretending he's not. But can he step up and be a number one in a defense that doesn't get the same level as pass rush, that doesn't have the same level of linebacking play and coverage from the linebackers that the Panthers does? And... Listen to this for an opening three games of the season. If he does move with the number one receiver, which the money he's being paid suggests he should. Antonio Brown this week, Des Bryant next week, Odell Beckham in three weeks' time. Oh, my you know, God. He, baptism of fire for Josh Norman in Washington. Can he step up and prove he's worth the money, or is he going to prove to be a guy who was hidden by the system by the Panthers?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's why it's so fascinating. That's a great storyline to have picked out thanks buddy what oh. about the steelers well the steelers banged up and suspended i'll give you a little list anderson bell bryant bud dupree don't know where alvin is gradkowski Ladarius green gerald hawkins manhart severin ume um that's yeah, that last one that. yeah no it's ume Ezioke, uh a center is he okay you may <laughs> oh that's incredible he's not yeah. okay uh, so they've got 10 players out they're banged up and they're suspended so who's going to come in who's going to replace martavis bryant who you know he's a bit like a Marv, a better marvin jones you put him in other uh, franchises franchises and he would be Mar- he would be a number one receiver you know you put him in uh, where they don't already have a a bona fide number in the seat but you know what i'm talking about so uh can bell stay fit will antonio brown uh, be able to carry this offense pretty much on his own are we going to see the same kind of production last year it really feels like you've picked like 18 storylines from d'angelo williams because there's a (laughs) billion storylines to talk about with them and will the defense the defense be as bad as they were last year as they were this year Loving Ryan Chazier,
0: though. Yeah, good shout. All good shouts. <laughs> Sorry about I that. Think, no, that's fine. I think the Steelers are going into the season a little overrated. I think they're going to look like the Seahawks last year. I think they'll start off really poorly. People will then sleep on them, and then they will pick it up later in the year when Le'Veon Bell's back, when Bud Dupree's back, etc., etc. Um, uh, but I've taken Washington. <laughs> okay. I've taken the Steelers. Surprise, surprise. Kirk Cousins... Can he continue his 2015 form against that terrible Steelers secondary? They've got all those pass catchers. I fancy Washington at home here.
1: Okay. I mean, fair enough. They, they, they do have um, a fantastic backup tight end to Jordan Reed uh, in Vernon Davis. Um, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, wonderful stuff. Look, it, this is, a, again, another coin flip for me, but I've got the Steelers.
0: Uh, so at the end of this weekend, if one of us is really hits on their picks... The other one's going to be on about three wins from week 1. Uh <laughs> it's probably more likely that we're both going to be right bang in the middle. But don't forget you can go and make your predictions online gridinehifertmagazine.com. Uh the predictor game is at the top there. There's a link to register when you go into the game and we're going to be giving away weekly prizes new era have provided some caps, we have that like, game programs, There's all sorts of things we're going to be giving away over the course of the season and then there will be a big prize for the overall winner for the year. So get involved, log on there get your picks in the fact is i know you've missed the first game of the season at this point but only 22 percent of people pick the broncos so you're really not starting off on a particularly unassured footing well said otherwise i think we've covered all those games pretty nicely
1: yeah enjoy berlin mate um i'm really gonna miss you
0: oh babes yeah uh not much but i will miss you a bit <laughs> it will enjoy the hippodrome this weekend i know there's a fair few people going if anyone is going hit us up at gridiron let ollie know you're going to be there or ollie's personal twitter at ollie hunter um let him know you're going to be there buy him a drink he's going to be sad because i'm not there so go and cheer him up
1: and uh there's only one way that we can end this uh this podcast you, you do the out and i'll do the music
0: Okay. Uh well, thank you so much for tuning in as always do go and give us a rating on iTunes etc. Don't forget you can pick us up and um subscribe if you're a first time listener whether it's on your favorite podcast addict whether it's on uh, whatever it might be. I have got to rate us man. We've got to wanna... go and rate us. Yeah. It makes a big, big difference to our listenership. We're picking up lots of listeners going into the new season. So really pleased with that. Thank you to everyone who's joining us for the first time. We have got some big name guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. We're trying to get Vikings GM Rick Spielman for you next week. We're in talks for what time we can speak with him. I think that'd be really interesting after the Sam Bradford trade. Lots of other stuff as well. So, Uh, at Gridiron on Twitter hit us up on there we'd love to hear from you if you're going to watch the games of the Hippodrome this weekend hit up Ollie as well I'm away but I'll be back on Monday night maybe I'll go watch the Monday night games of the Hippodrome actually I'll have a think about it or you could come in here I'm working here I'm doing the early shift as well so maybe I'll do that fine otherwise thank you so much for tuning in we always appreciate it this has been The Gridiron Show
1: Why are you standing up? No, you're kneeling down. Why are you kneeling down? You're a disgrace. sorry guys uh off air will gavin's just said he doesn't know what this music is that I'm is not... unbelievable <laughs> that honestly that is
0: unbelievable am i going to be tested on it when i land in berlin airport no you're a, do will you i know know kneel during the anthem no you're so an absolute you are an absolute disgrace all right love you buddy see you on monday or tuesday or whatever ciao
2: Build the trolley with your favourite brands on rollback at Asda. A 38-pack of fairy non-bio capsules was £8.50, now £5.75. A Lenore Gold Fabric Conditioner was £4, now £2.50. Big brands, small prices. Don't compromise. Asda. Save money, live better. Selected stores subject to availability. Lenore 1.925 litres. Ends 18th March.